Hi, I'm Dr. Akiva Down. And I'm Rabbi Avi Green. And welcome to Interesting Questions. In this podcast, we'll be addressing issues that are philosophical, religious, and psychological in nature, and exploring some of the deeper questions as we go into Season 2. We will be focusing on that which is considered to be controversial, and there may not be a right or wrong answer. So we are hoping that our discussions will yield more questions for your Shabbos table. Welcome back to Interesting Questions. We are up to Pirkei Avot, Chapter 1, Mishnah Hey or 5. Yossi ben Yochanan ish Yerushalayim Omer. Yossi ben Yochanan from Yerushalayim would say, Yehi veitcha patuach lirvacha. Your house should be opened wide. Vihiyu aniyim b'nei veitcha. And let the poor be members of your household. Va'al tirbe sicha im ha'isha. And do not have excessive dialogue with women. Be'ishto amru. With one's own wife, they were discussing. How much more so with the wife of his friend? From here, the sages said, Anyone who has excessive conversation with a woman brings evil upon himself and neglects the study of Torah. And in the end, he will meet Gehenom. So Akiva, on the face of it, this Mishnah may seem somewhat misogynistic, and I don't want to mansplain it, but at the same time, the way I understand the Mishnah is it's specifically talking about the concept that men and women cannot be just friends, because for many, in particular I'm thinking of the men, there is ulterior motive behind their conversation, or ulterior thoughts behind the potential conversation, or given the right circumstances, it might lead to ulterior motives to that conversation. So I'm hoping you might shed some light on whether that's a reality or something that is just a stereotype. So, Avi, I I hear what you're saying, and I think that a lot of it depends on the circumstance. So what do I mean by that? Well, I think that, you know, first off, we have to define the populations that we're talking about because at certain points in our lives, especially as children... Boys and girls can be get along, be friends, and no issues. Now, we all can relate back that probably at some point we realized, oh, there's a difference here, and one group went one way, and one group went another way, and maybe all is not the appropriate term, but I would say that there's a large portion of them that have progressed towards realizing that, you know, at some point boys start playing more with boys and girls start playing more with girls. And that tends to be, for many, the trend. So, and then I would further go out and say that I think that those who are, who have found their partner 
and are in a compatible, successful, and um, symbiotic partnership, I also think that that tends to be a different operation, a different circumstance. Because I think if you are, if both in the partnership are connected and feel that connection, then I think that having friends of the opposite sex is able to be achieved, again, perhaps provided that we still have that same context of those friends are also in that healthy, happy partnership. And, and why is that? Because I can hear that there is, there is temptation that gets created. There are different thoughts that arise and they're very human and they're very natural. And it's hard sometimes to deny that. And even those that want to deny it, to some degree, may see it. So I think that putting up healthy barriers within your relationship to not having that be affected. And one of the healthy barriers is having a healthy relationship to begin with. And in some ways, it sounds a little circular, and I get that. But basically, what I'm trying to say is I think that, you know, boys and girls and healthy married couples can be friends with healthy married couples, and they can have those independent friendships of one husband being friends with another wife and vice versa. Again, provided they're all in a healthy set, set of relationship where there isn't that potential for something to arise. Now, what about those in-between phases? Because there's a lot of in-between there, and I think that's got to be very clear, is there's a lot of gray area here. But before you get to in-between, I, I want to go back to, and I know I'm quoting a movie, I'm quoting When Harry Met Sally, if you have not seen that because it's a 1980s movie, you may want to check it out, I think it holds up, it's quite a classic, um, but it's the idea, it, it, one of the lines in the movie is, men and women can't be friends, the sex thing always gets in the way, so are you suggesting that even in the case of healthy couples, it would or would not necessarily get in the way in regard to whether that is something that would... Again, if you're talking about two couples having a Shabbos lunch together, to, to make this very practical, then that would make sense. If you're talking about right, a, sing, a married man having Shabbos lunch or, or business trip or something else with a woman who is also married but that not, is not the woman he is married to, is that, is that okay? Is that not okay? What does that depend on? Well, I think it depends on a lot of circumstances. And never mind the question of, you know, being respectful of Yehud, because I think that's an important piece. Um, and again, part of the reason, and correct me if I'm wrong, Avi, but part of the reason of being respectful of the idea of Yehud is, is not just because of the concerns of what can happen within doors, but also the perception of those outdoors. And I think that Correct. is, again, that's a barrier that's not necessarily a responsibility of the married couples, right? So if one husband has lunch with another wife that's not his own, um, and they 
have nothing to be concerned about, and their spouses also have nothing to be concerned about, then I don't think it's the responsibility on those individuals to make sure that the rest of the community isn't having, let's face it, Lashon Ara, right? Talking about someone else and what their dealings are is also forbidden. So I think that that's an important piece to remember um, because I do think, again, that it is very possible under certain circumstances for people of the opposite sex to have friendships and not have it be a negative or a disparaging factor upon their own marriage. I think further, I would say that even more so, if you happen to have, and this is not an uncommon thing, I'm sure many of us can think about this in our own lives, where one husband is a lot like another wife, and one wife is a lot like another husband, insofar as their behaviors, their personalities, their mannerisms, and, and their not, interests. Right. And not only can that argue as to why the couples become friends, but it can also explain why it would be both reasonable for a husband and wife to be friends and also be even more likely that they are not going to do anything nefarious because they know that the two, right, it would be like being involved in a relationship with yourself, which most of us can admit is not something that we look for in a spouse or a partner. Right? We look for somebody who complements us, somebody who helps balance us, not someone who is the same. Again, in a healthy relationship, very, very few relationships are successful when it's peanut butter and peanut butter. Yeah, but I'm not sure that my concern is healthy relationships. My concern is when you're talking about simply physical attraction, right, or... or but Avi, one would argue that those of us who are in very healthy relationships realize that the physical attraction is not just built off of the physical, but also off of the emotional and the other intimate parts of the relationship, which would not necessarily be a reason to throw one thing away because of one piece, one small piece. Agreed. Which is why I think that most people choose to remain... Uh, with that partner and loyal to that partner as opposed to creating tremendous amounts of drama by engaging in in all sorts of activities that would uh, make that that cared for relationship um, null and void and, and put it into danger. I think there are lots of people who experience that earlier in life, right? Um, where where they may have a boyfriend or a girlfriend um, and then they end up talking to somebody else or, or even end up you know liking somebody else and they go back and forth in terms of what do we you know what do we want out of this relationship are you I'm breaking up with him to go out with him I'm breaking up with her because she was seeing him right whatever the case may be and they've learned that 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 societal norm and that caring for other people requires a certain amount of of societal acceptance right but there are well but Avi that right there is talking about the gray area that I was not talking about 
right? It's like the idea of it's always the last place you looked. Of course it is, because you wouldn't keep looking if you found it. So when one is still in the dating cycle or in the cycle of trying to find the right relationship, then of course there's different rules that apply. So I think many people learn that lesson in that gray area. But what I'm suggesting is that even when they've moved into the black and white of traditional relationships, marriage, etc., I wonder if we, you know, in other words, the choice is not to go out and be with someone else because of all of the tsaris, all of the trouble it would cause and the hurt feelings and everything else. But if it was without strings, if it was without any consequences, would one choose to do it anyway? So I'm not sure I completely followed all of that, but I will throw out the idea of, you know, again, I think one of the pieces that's important is I think where, where we're not necessarily saying the same thing is consent, right? So if, again, if, if we're having a relationship, a friendship with one individual and we're in a marriage, then realistically, if I'm going to go and hang out with someone else, I expect that my partner is going to be aware of that, that there's nothing that is led to, left to worry or concern or chance. And I think that that right there is very important. And, you know, I would throw out the idea of uh, even more so where all of the times that, not all of the times, but many of the times that we hear of these kinds of relationships being an issue are occurring when there isn't a healthy partnership, when there is something going on underneath. You know, very rarely if somebody is in, if two couples are in a happy, healthy relationship with their partner, very rarely do you hear about, I don't know, honey, it just happened, right? That That's not really the norm. The norm is, is there's some kind of discontent in the mix somewhere and that other individual is fill, fulfilling a need that's lacking and that's where we have issues that's where we have problems and so I think that it's not the question of can men and women be friends I think it's the question of can can two people in a relationship be satisfied and satisfying to the other where their communication is healthy, where their relationship is strong, and where they're not going to be at risk of throwing it away for anything. And I think that's the key. And I think it gets down to the idea of really how healthy can a relationship can you build? And how can you set, again, those boundaries to say, this is the line, don't cross the line. And so if your partner, of course, says, hey, I'm not comfortable with you spending time with this person, that's the line, and that needs to be respected. But if the other person says, I have no concerns, I, we're happy, we're, we're content, we're not at any risk, and the other says the same, then the rules are perhaps not why these rules were set up. But Avi, I'm curious about your perspective, because you know I've obviously talked about a lot of the other pieces that need to happen in a relationship for these 
challenges to not be challenging. Um, and of course, I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm callous to the reason why we have these um, these fences set up, because realistically, there are a lot of relationships where people are not on the same page, where it's not necessarily a healthy relationship, and there is ad nauseum risks of infidelity and problems within the relationship. But let's bring this back to a different kind of question. Um, why should it be an issue with men and women conversing in general? I think that the, the concern from my perspective in terms of men and women conversing is that I think, and again, this may be something we end up throwing back to you, is that I think men and women process things differently, right? There was a, a study that showed that women speak about 20,000 words a day while men speak about 7,000 words a day. And sometimes when I speak with, uh, with some of my students and we do health or what used to be called sex ed, but really we talk about relationships and one of the things I try to encourage high school students who are female to understand is that if they enter into a relationship with a male, males have a tendency not to get hints and not to get nuance subtleties. right, and subtleties. I, I try to use the phrase, hit him over the head with the frying pan. Right, um, in 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 the not in the literal not term, literally. not in the literal term, but in the figurative way, that um, if you want something, ask for it. If you need something, tell him, because he is not going to pick up on the subtlety of, you know, did what do you want for dinner? I don't know. <laughs> you choose. Okay. How about Chinese? No. How about Italian? No. How about meat? No. How about dairy? No. Pizza? No. Right? There, there's a message that's, that's coming through there, but it's not being read well. And so I think the idea that if you're talking about a relationship and building a relationship, there is the piece about being recognizing each person's communication style and and working to to bridge that. Um, the, the famous book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, right, addresses that to a certain extent. And I think that, that that's one component. The other component is, and that's within a relationship, the other component is if you're not in a relationship with that person, I think that the way relationships are built right, is I always like to, to I, I say this to my students as well, is it is friendship plus chemistry. So you build friendship by finding things that you have in common and by having shared experiences. So if you're, if you're finding things in common and you're having shared experiences with somebody of the opposite gender and there is chemistry, that is what leads to love, lust, relationships, and I think that it is important to recognize that 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 is that that is how those 
feelings are built. And so saying, I'm going to stunt that relationship because I'm in a relationship with someone else, or because uh, I'm even concerned that, that this is a relationship that could become that way, um, might be a fence that the Torah would be comfortable encouraging us to put up. You know, Avi, alternatively, I have another thought. Perhaps we both misread this Mishnah, though. Maybe it's just saying that, you know, the sagely advice is don't argue with your wife and certainly don't argue with the wife of a friend because they will send you to Gehenna. So here's a question for your Shabbos table. You know, we just talked about a lot of how, in, in and of itself, there are challenges within communications between partners. And there are different ways we think. Our brains work differently. It's not to say it's better or worse. It's just to say it's different. So here's the question. What is something that you are struggling to convey to your partner? And how do you want to work on that? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at iqdiscuss at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and responding. Welcome back to what the show is called.